0: Hello, FPL managers. Welcome to another episode of the FPL Optimized podcast. Welcome to episode number 33. This is the podcast in which we combine analytics with the good old eye test. I am Boss, the casual manager, and my co-host, Assertop, the data scientist. Data or grass or data and grass? That's the question. Double game week 23 is behind us, and it showed again how difficult and frustrating it can be to make the right decisions in this game pep was behind his famous roulette wheel again and arteta kind of joined him there now as well considering some of the choices that were made with popular fbl assets like martinelli and white but you know as fbl managers we'll just have to deal with it and consider such risks in our planning so, Surtop, I know you haven't been too happy with how your team was performing recently, but I have to ask you, how did game week 23 go for you?
1: 74 points. It is slightly better than average, I think. I mean, do points even matter in this game anymore? <laughs> Salas, yeah, 11 like points. It's all about I mean, the points. But, but listen, like, Salas... Salah got 11 points, which was nice, but then De Bruyne got 15 points, which translated into minus 6 for me. And Shao, in my bench, got 12 points, which Mm. brought another minus 6. And Mahrez's 14 points brought minus 4. So I got minus 16 points from just not owning these three players in my lineup. Mm. And yeah. it was enough to give me a, well, kind of a bad game week. I, I should say maybe an average game week. And adding yeah. insult to the injury, Elmiran got 10 points and he's still popular. <laughs> like, lots of people still have him around. So, well, not a good game week once again, mm-hmm. but what else is new, right? So, how was your yeah. game
0: week? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's a bit difficult to, uh, to stand out. Like, you know, I was happy with Mara's after the first game week or after the first game I should say but then yesterday you know KDB got a lot of points so it kind Mm -hmm. of evened the playing field again Mm -hmm. so yeah for me overall not too bad I mean I was hoping for more I had 82 points but um I need to do a minus four um or I had a minus four let's say which in hindsight was actually not so smart. I tweeted about it last week. It was a bit of a spontaneous decision moving out the Gea for Ederson. Uh, so yeah, we can laugh about it now, I know. <laughs> but I still think it was done for the right reasons, considering City had a double game week. And also I had uh, game week 25 in mind where they have a decent fixture. Plus on top, you know, I wasn't uh, confident about the Gaya keeping a clean sheet against Leeds. And I think for anyone who saw that game, it's still a bit of mystery how leads failed to score as they had some really good opportunities. So, yeah, as often, I think, you know, luck and variance play a role in this game.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think 90% of FPL is just luck or variance, depends on how you call it. And yeah. I might still be underestimating the f- how much it okay. takes part. <laughs> that's well, a lot <laughs> Yeah, well uh, that's what I think but maybe I'm just saying this because my season is not going well but well as a new Ederson owner how was your first game week of owning him FPLCon asked the same question too and I was wondering this as well well us seasoned Ederson owners know that he can't save anything so <laughs> and we mostly keep him for bragging rights about maximizing our expected value which a casual manager wouldn't be interested anyway. So, in my opinion, it wasn't a bad pick, but it's always painful. But how do you feel? Was it painful?
0: <laughs> well, I see, uh, the way you describe it, man, if you told it to me like this last week, I uh, wouldn't have picked him, but... Uh, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I mean, he keeps showing up in your optimized squad. So um, that's uh, why I had it in mind. No, actually not. I was just looking at the fixtures. And as I said, I had the Gaya since a few weeks and they were conceding every week. So the Gaya didn't do much. Um, and I wanted to move him. Addison had a double game week. He also, as I said, has a good game week 25. So for me, that was reasons to move him. But yeah no to be honest it was p- painful you know mm-hmm. uh the game had a good week I think uh, he had 10 points or something like that and then uh Edison just had three out of two games <laughs> so, <laughs> that's certainly not what I had in mind but uh let's see there's still a few more game weeks coming up so we always should look at it on a longer term right true true
1: yeah
0: but yeah overall it wasn't a bad score i'm keeping a similar or and i think my team is in good shape as well for the next uh, couple of game weeks so yeah let's uh shift gears let's look ahead and game week 24 is coming up which is a normal game week which is a bit of a, an outlier these days there are no doubles and there are no blanks but it's a kind of a silence before the storm. As we know, a huge planning puzzle is ahead of us, especially with game week 25, 27, 28, and 29. Uh, you know, a lot of things will happen in those weeks. Um, and we'll talk a bit about chip strategies later as well. But let's start with looking at the updated optimized team.
1: So for the optimized team, well, obviously your chip strategy plays a big part in it so if you are free hitting in any of these game weeks or if you are considering to wildcard in 27 which we will talk about it uh, in a few minutes so it changes but I will talk about nine game week optimal no transfer team I mean so it might be so interesting to everyone but using default fixture percentages the optimal team has Sanchez and Pickford as goalkeepers and it rotates them so this Fair. time I didn't choose a fixed bench goalkeeper or a fixed bench player. By the way, I just.
0: And what happened to Ederson? <laughs> no more. <laughs> more
1: no more, man. I'm sorry, you you were too late uh, or too but, early. No, but, too late. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So well, for the last game week, it was giving a pretty decent EV for Adderson, which yes. I think was the reason. But, I mean, he got yeah. three points, but his expected value was pretty good. So, I think yeah. you did the right move. But, anyway. So, in defense, we have Gabriel, Alexander-Arnold, Zinchenko, May, and Robertson. All right. And in midfield, we have Saka, McAllister, Mitoma, Salah, and Bailey. And, mm-hmm. finally, in forward, we have Holland. Watkins and Calvert-Lewin, which, um, so his projections assume, well, based on his expected minutes and checking the data, it shows that he will be available beyond 25, so okay. still still doubt for this game week. Yeah. But yeah, this is the optimal team.
0: Yeah, all right, thanks. So still a double Liverpool defense. I don't think many people dare to go there, even though they did keep a clean sheet. And there is a double game week coming up so yeah we we might see uh that kind of option coming back again and more of the teams mm-hmm. and calvert lewin yeah i think it's such a huge injury uh, risk unfortunately um so again probably many people might not dare to go there but it's good to see that it's in the data so thanks Sir top um, and actually i wanted to throw in a question about my team um I was planning to roll my transfer which I think many managers are considering to do this week as it will give us then two free ones for the big game week 25. but considering that White has now turned into a risk um you know it doesn't look like his starting position is is as secure as it was and I still have Dorothy on my bench who will anyway be one of my certain transfers for game week 25 I thinking maybe I should just pull the trigger already now and for example bring in a wolves defender as they will face Bournemouth this week and then also they will have a double in game week 25. so I wanted to ask you based on the data what would be some of the recommended options uh, in defense uh, let's say below 5 million price point
1: well problem with Wolves is they have a chance of blanking in 28. And Because the Wolves versus Leeds game is given a 55% chance of happening. okay. So it affects total EV quite significantly for Wolves defenders. So you will eventually have another headache is how I yeah. see it. They also okay. play against Newcastle in 27, which is also not ideal as Newcastle is doing pretty well this season. So when I sort defenders below 5 million uh, by their expected value for the next, let's say, 6 game weeks... Uh-huh. i have dunk as the best option and estupinan second yeah um, so wolves defenders are fifth at the fifth rank we have kilman and at seventh rank we have Semedo. But, okay so but notice that brighton defenders appear on top despite blanking in game week 25 which is interesting right. yeah so yeah. but i ran your team with my solver just to see if you know, Solver prefers buying Vol's defender and maybe selling them later, but that's not mm-hmm. what it does. It actually rolls the transfer for your team, so it thinks that's okay. the be- your best option. Yeah. But I should say that in Game Week 25, Solver is going for a double Liverpool defense, and I'm not sure how you feel about Liverpool <laughs> defense, but, I mean, you can probably do something else. And if you don't want to roll... Then your best move, according to Solver, is selling whites and buying Gabriel. Oh. Uh, so just a defender switch among Arsenal defenders. And the third option is interesting. It says sell Patterson, Doherty, Fernandez, and buy yeah. Alexander Arnold, Sarabia, and Van Dyke. So again, oh. Liverpool, double Liverpool defense. And in, wow. this time, instead of Robertson, you get Van Dyke. So
0: big but, Virgil coming back yeah, <laughs> yeah big he was on the bench <laughs>
1: but yeah I will probably roll if I were in your shoes yeah but...
0: I'll probably do that I'm hoping that White will come back into the starting team but it's it's interesting because you also mentioned Patterson I think a lot of us also have Patterson and I think um you know there is a there is a, it could it could be possible that he's back for uh, the double game week 25 so oh okay we should hope for that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you never know. I mean, he was injured for uh, for a while. So it's also then uncertain, even if he's back, whether he will then play two uh, two games right away. So again, something a lot of us will have to uh, figure out what we want to do with that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Thanks for that. And um, yeah, I think you mentioned it already as well. Uh, What's what's making it quite difficult at the moment is that any transfer we are considering is also depending on our chip strategy for example something that is being discussed now more and more for example on twitter is the strategy to wildcard in 27 for the doubles that week then to free hit in 28 to navigate the blanks and then to bench boost in 29 as there are many doubles again that week and the nice thing about it is that some of the double game week teams of 27 will also likely double in in 29, like Brighton, and I think also Brentford. So yeah, if you do go for such strategy, it means that you could that end your team in game week 26, and for any transfer you make before, you can just have a short term focus on it. Hence, that's why I was thinking about Wolves, because I would just consider it, let's say, until game week uh, 26. However, if you're not going for such chip strategy, then, of course, with any transfer you make now, you should already uh, have a plan for navigating all those upcoming doubles and blanks. So, yeah, I think uh, it's it's a difficult one. It's quite difficult to decide at this moment what kind of strategy we want to follow, but I think we need to already uh, consider it. Uh, would, Would you agree to that, Sir Tob? And do you already have a plan in mind?
1: You're totally right, by the way, so on top of the chip uncertainty, like not knowing, you know, when you will use your chips, there's also fixture uncertainty, so it yeah. it makes the analysis pretty difficult, but I say this all the time, having a solver is most useful in these kind of phases of the season, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where there are lots of things go- happening at the same time, so... I don't really need to think too much about it. Whatever the expected value we will get at the end, I can optimize in a few minutes and evaluate the team from there. <laughs> so I'm already pissed how bad, my, how bad my season is going despite spending you know time on this game. And I can't <laughs> imagine doing this manually and still having a bad rain. Uh. So, but anyway, so best plan for my team I evaluated, I think yesterday was, or maybe the day before was... Um, Free hitting in 28 and not using my bench boost until I use my wild card, which I'm planning to use around game week, well, 30 to 33. We will see. But I'm hoping to bench boost in 34-ish. I'm trying to see if I can find a plan where I can be okay, even if I decide not to free hit in 28, but it's really difficult because there's Mm -hmm. a significant EV difference for my team, uh, when I free hit compared to not using my, my free hit. So I'm tempted to use, but I might change my mind. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, same for me. When I when I'm listening to it and when I'm thinking uh, about it, I quite like it to to go for the wild card in 27 and bench boost in 29. I mean, it so it's, sounds good based on what we know at the moment. Um, but again, there's also things we don't know. I should also <laughs> said. like you know, there, there are more doubles and more blanks coming up later. For example, Game Week 32 or 34 and 37. So if we use all the chips now, yeah, you know, we might be happy now, but we will face some difficulties later. Um, So, yeah, that's also something we should consider. Uh, And it is quite easy to go for the short term plan as it's quite concrete and it might look appealing, but we might regret it later. Anything you still want to add to possible chip strategies, sir?
1: Yeah, I'm not a big fan of wildcarding in 27, but as you have hmm. mentioned, seems like it's gaining traction. Uh, it's also being discussed in our analytics Discord too. So some people are considering it. I feel like it's a bad idea in general because wildcard players, well, they stay in your team for a long time. You kind of trying right. to pick players who will be with you almost until end of the season, even though we yeah. have enough. game weeks to make transfers and replace the entire team so we replace players one at a time so we don't have too many free transfers in this game unfortunately so if you choose a wildcard team and then if you get well by the game week 34 or 37 you might have an average team for those game weeks and we know that well we we will have a big double in 34. So I'm kind of trying to target that period to maximize my returns. That's why I'm tempted to delay it. I I, I also see the appeal of dead ending in 26 and then wildcarding in 27 and then having yeah. a really good team yeah. from an analytics perspective. It might be giving you lots of expected value, but the reason yeah. is we don't see beyond a certain. Uh, period so we don't right. see the fixtures or expected value for the the, the time period between 31 to 38 essentially yeah. Yeah. so even if you see a big gain from using your wildcard in 27 well yeah. there will be issues uh, s- well later so you need later. to just you know assess it a little bit better I will say. Yeah. I mean, so uh, it might be that you wildcard in into 27, and everything goes well for your team, and then you get lots of points. Maybe it right. will turn out to be the, you know, hindsight optimal plan. But yeah. I I haven't evaluated it fully, but it seems like delaying it is a better option. Okay. At least for me.
0: Yeah. All right. Yeah, and it's also uh, team dependent, of course. But yeah. uh, we'll we'll certainly come back on it again next week as well. Mm-hmm all right thanks for that uh let's look at some of the Twitter questions so we did already talk about optimal team we also talked a bit about defense and Ederson was also already mentioned uh FPL Duval was asking about Adderson uh whether he's still the most optimal goalkeeper for the next five game weeks and yeah we kind of covered it he's not anymore in the optimal team But um, let's look at some of the top options. FBL Duval thinks it might be Allison. And I just wanted to verify that with you, startup.
1: So I checked the data, and I see Ramsdale as the top option for five game weeks. Maybe I'm looking at a different data source, or maybe different game week uh, horizon. But I see Ramsdale with 24.8 EV for the next five game weeks. but, I mean, let's be honest, we all have triple arsenal at this point, so I don't think uh, you have spot for Ramsdale. Yeah, and no. Ellison is the second with 20.91 EV for the next five. Okay. And we have Pickford with 20.8. So Pickford might be appearing in lots of well optimal transfer plans if you are using any solver or uh, planner yeah. because of the double in 25 and well, they also have Leeds and then nothing in Forest before and after the double game week, which are pretty decent fixtures. Then we yeah. have Keppa as the fourth best option and Sa as the fifth best goalkeeper option.
0: Yeah. Good point. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned Pickford with a double. and it, it was mentioned in another podcast as well. I mean, they have a double, and that's why we suddenly think Everton is interesting. But then if you look at the double, you know, it's Arsenal away. So, you know, is it really that appealing? I think it's something we should have to ask ourselves. Yeah, um, I mean,
1: yeah, his his EV for the double is 6.7. And compared right. compare that to Ramsdale's EV, which is, which is 8.3. So 6.7, well, four points is just coming from <laughs> Pickford just appearing in the games. So 2.7, yeah. if you think about it, so if you get well four points, if you keep a clean sheet, essentially where the points come from uh, for yeah. the goalkeepers. So the probability of having at least one clean sheet is not super low for Pickford, but obviously, I mean, it's lower compared to Ramsdale. But mm-hmm. compared to a, a single game week goalkeeper, let's say Kepa, I mean, it is significantly higher because you are playing two yeah. games. So you are tossing, well, two coins. So
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, mathematically it makes sense, but uh-huh. yes, I understand. Uh-huh. I also don't like Everton players. I bend them all the time. So uh-huh. <laughs> maybe I'm not the best person
0: to ask this question. Yeah. yeah and Tarkovsky gets mentioned a lot lately as well. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Thanks for that so yeah we didn't get too many specific player questions this week maybe it's because we covered a lot also last week with all the arsenal options in midfield and i guess most people uh, they have a clear picture on on uh, what the best options are or i think also a lot of people are just planning to roll this week and just look at it again next week so we'll certainly come back again on it next week as then we'll have to make some big decisions for game week 25 um I did want to look at some of the attackers again as beyond Haaland there are quite some options to consider you know Kane Tony uh maybe also Watkins from Villa of course we have Enketia, we got Darwin so quite some options and I was just wondering what the best uh the best picks would be at this moment based on the data
1: yeah, let's discuss this in two parts for people who are considering to wildcard wildcard in 27 I will make you a favor and list top five yeah. forwards for you uh, specifically okay. so we have Holland uh, who's estimated to get 19 points in 3 game weeks uh, because they have great fixtures, nothing forest Bournemouth and Newcastle yeah. is an okay-ish fixture but everyone has Holland anyway, uh, Niketia yeah. is the second best with 17.74, so he's especially an appealing pick for people who are wildcarding early, obviously, uh, because his minutes are a going forward yeah. after that. Yeah. And at the third place, we have Darwin. Obviously, Liverpool has a double in 25. Then we have Kane, and Watkins is the fifth best option, but his price is also, I mean, Good for the EV. Uh, They're yeah. playing Arsenal, Everton, and Crystal Palace.
0: Yeah. Do you see um, for Darwin, do you see any risks to the minutes? Because I think some people have that in mind with Jota and also Firmino back on the bench.
1: So I'm checking Darwin's minutes. You're right. So for this game week, he's given 71 expected minutes, which is not too bad. But then it it is 62 minutes Mm -hmm. for 25 and then 53 minutes for 26. So, yeah, it Mm -hmm. goes down and down.
0: Yeah. A little bit risky. Okay. Good to keep in mind. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And if you consider next nine game weeks with default fixture probabilities, the top options are again Holland, and then in second rank we have Kane. Right. Watkins is the third best option now because we also see his fixtures for 28 where lots of players will blank. And mm. they also have some favorable fixtures like they play Bournemouth that game week and then Nottingham Forest in game week 30. Yeah. Uh, in the fourth place, we have Darwin, but um, you're able to see on your screen, bus, but his EV goes down. So, mainly his EV is coming from these uh, closer fixtures. That's why he was more favorable in the previous uh, table. And we have Felix as the fifth best option. So, mm. they have really good fixtures and his EV is pretty solid too. Yeah. Calvert Levin we briefly talked about it but not a pick for this game week but maybe for future and Mitrovic is the 7th best uh, player in this list. Um, Yeah okay. so and do you have anything else to add to this?
0: no not at the moment I think it's interesting uh, that Watkins is showing up as she said I think Villa has some good fixtures and also in recent games uh he's been scoring a few goals so I think it's someone we should we should have a look at
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, yeah Joe Felix he looks quite good at uh Chelsea of course it was unfortunate that he he picked up the red card in the first game as already in the first game he looked good but he came back now, and again, uh, he looked quite good. So I think uh, a lot of people are keeping an eye on him. Yeah. Right. I think
1: lots of people are bringing him in this game week too. Let me check the transfer okay. numbers quickly. yeah,
0: they're playing Southampton huh? but Southampton uh, changed their coach again, right so they could be... it's quite tricky like recently you see that whenever a team changes coach, we saw it with Everton and also we saw it with Leeds in the first game. Uh, yeah
1: it's, it's, uh... the new manager uh, bounce,
0: yeah
1: they yeah, yeah. Joe Felix is transferred in by 141,000 managers, so he's the okay. b- most transferred in player this game week yeah. so far, yeah. uh, and Sakai is the second, yeah, okay. well, so he's very popular already, let's see, Yeah. and another question we have received from Twitter was from Ion. he said, we discuss analytics and optimization all the time, but not enough grass perspective. So what's your watch list, he's asking. So who's passing or failing your eye test bus?
0: Yeah, thanks, Ian. It's nice to hear. And I think yeah, the, the challenge with any grass manager is to have enough time <laughs> to see all the games. I think we talked about it here with Sertal before. That's, of mm-hmm. course, one of the benefits of using data because the data considers yeah, all the games, all the minutes played. Uh, while for the eye test, it's always more subjective, of course, mm-hmm. uh, based on the limited information available to us. But I think, yeah, we can certainly consider how we can include um, uh, something like a watch list in future. I think one player at the moment that I talked about him last week as well is uh, Nonto from Leeds. I think he uh, yeah, he really looks good. Um, I saw him again also in, in the game. Uh, this week, again, he looked good. He didn't score, but he looked quite dangerous again. Um, and while I have him in my team, and I'm actually thinking to start him, uh, they're playing Everton. And um, yeah, I, I'm planning to start him over Martinelli, who is, of course, at Arsenal. But we've seen him coming off uh, a bit early each time. And I think also still a risk. We have at some moment, probably Trossard will start. And also Martinelli didn't score too many points. So, yeah, I'm thinking about starting Nanto over Martinelli. Um, and I was just wondering if we have any data on him, up.
1: So, I, I checked the EV for you. Nanto has 3.14 EV for this game week, and Martinelli has 3.7. But mm-hmm. Martinelli's minutes are considerably well, risky uh, yeah. in comparison. And I will... Check the goal scoring chance this game week okay. in FBI reviews, uh, massive data probabilities. he's given 18 uh, percent chance of scoring a goal, hmm. and Martinelli is given 24 percent chance oh, of okay. scoring a goal. So uh, as you see, review is favoring Martinelli in that yeah. uh, comparison.
0: So based on the i-test, oh sorry, based on the data, I shouldn't do it. But maybe this week I'm making the i-test decision.
1: <laughs> okay, <laughs> maybe you should. Yes, I
0: should. Right. Yes, I agree. <laughs> All right, but thanks again, Ian. We'll definitely uh, consider how we can bring more of the grass uh, perspective into this. Um, so yeah, I think we can almost finish today's episode. But there were a few more, let's say, hardcore analytics questions that also came in. Uh, for example, from S.J.F.P.L. and from Eric Ness ownstadt So, Sir Tab, I propose that I just leave it to you to cover this part, okay?
1: Yeah, sure. <laughs> so, Eric asked about what's the time limit of hits giving plus EV replacing a blank with double game week double game week player uh, for game week twenty five. If given player has additional blank in twenty eight, even more profitable question mark. So, I. Don't think there is a hard limit uh, for the hits. If there is clear expected value advantage, it should be a good move on paper. I mean, I say this, but uh, we know that prediction data change from time to time. So if it is right around the border, so just be careful that expected value tend to go a little bit higher towards the deadline because we are making sure that there is no like the the risk of injury is going down towards the deadline mm. so that evs go up a little bit so just keep that in mind and then know that there's no hard limits on you know we, evaluating which plan is better hmm. and okay. sjfbl asks what's the optimal or your opinion on future transfer limit value to have a good balance on robustness versus booking moves for expected value and he said same question for how many game weeks in a horizon to allow transfers would the figure be different for a sensitivity analysis versus a straight single run so i use a future transfer limit usually but i trade so i tried so many different settings this season so i'm just losing track of what i have tried and what worked better but my go to setting is allowing three transfers in a eight game week horizon. Uh, but actually, a much better approach than uh, this is actually using stochastic optimization and charting two different paths. In which one, in the first one, you don't transfer anyone else. So you assume there's no transfer. In the second one, you allow, let's say, three up to three transfers. And if you still have the bandwidth, you can also generate a third path where you allow as many transfers as possible. I tried this option earlier in the season just to see that the transfers I'm making now is good in case I'm not able to transfer that player out later. Because sometimes optimization thinks that you can buy a player and then in in a fifth game weeks, you can sell the same player for someone else, but that's not always possible because we get injuries and rotations mm-hmm. so this kind of a setting is better, but this might be too difficult to solve in general so again then an, another alternative is just checking how many times you have followed the plans you made in past and using that number of transfers in your uh in your setting. I also use well eight or nine game week horizon length, but sensitivity analysis takes a long time, so I tend to go for a shorter horizon, like six game weeks, Mm. and I will tell a secret that I was actually applying here, because when you use six game week, you are essentially missing all those game weeks beyond like seven, eight, and nine that Mm FBR is giving, or if you are using, let's say, Kiwi's model, he generates... EV until the end of the season so Mm -hmm. in order to compensate that I calculate a reduced expected value for game weeks beyond the horizon and Mm -hmm. add those EV to sixth game weeks EV and I don't also allow transfers on that game week so this way you keep the problem size to a minimum but at the same time you are able to well consider expected value for the future game weeks that are not in your horizon well yeah. obviously this is oversimplifying certain aspects but it runs much faster and in well in optimizing fbl sometimes solving the problem faster is more important than solving it correctly so that's what i use so that was a secret of mine but All right. given my rank maybe it's not a big secret
0: okay well good to know about the secret thank you <laughs> and uh yeah I think that covers it for this week it was a nice mix between concrete game week tips and now at the end also some more general analytics questions anything you still wanted to add sir top
1: no thanks for preparing the episode bus
0: no worries thank you too and uh, a big thanks again to everyone for listening to our podcast As discussed, there are some big game weeks coming up and hence also some big decisions. It will be important to already start making plans for it. We hope our podcast helps you to get ready for it. This week, there is a Saturday deadline. Good luck with making your decisions. We'll be back with another episode next week and you can subscribe to our podcast so you will know when the next episode is out. You can also follow us on twitter for certop it's at certop and for me it's at belfie bb have a good weekend everyone and talk to you again next time bye bye